Welcome, gather round the fireside and listen to a tale of Yon McCool, Cullen, Deirdre, all the sorrows grow on your wail. From giants right down to fairies, about the trooping and solitary, and those who are sometimes scary. Anything goes by the fireside. Yeah. Fireside, the Puka Fireside, the Merrow Fireside. Kings and queens fighting heroes, don't you run from the fun, there's no need to hide. Sit by the fireside. Mm-hmm. Fireside. Hello and welcome to Fireside, the Irish storytelling podcast. Each episode of Fireside, we take a story from folklore, mythology, retell it, have a chat about the tale itself and about the craft, culture and history of storytelling. My name is Kevin C. Olihan. I am your host and your Fireside bard. Welcome to episode 93 of Fireside. Today on the Irish storytelling podcast, we have a lovely little folk tale about the cow that ate the piper. You don't really need to know much more about this story than that incredible title. But first of all, I want to give a huge welcome to any returning listeners and indeed any new listeners. You're very welcome along. This will be a nice palate cleanser podcast episode. So if you enjoy this podcast or enjoy this episode, why don't you go right back to the beginning, see what we've been building up to for the last nearly two years now. And if you are a returning listener, thank you so much for your continued support. Please do continue to like and subscribe leave ratings and comments please subscribe to follow me on Instagram at Fireside Bard it's the best place to get in touch with me if you want to message me just to say hello and if you really want to support the podcast you can do so over at patreon.com forward slash Fireside Podcast where you can join our ever-growing list of very loyal benefactors Uh, no new ones for this week so just want to give another thank you to the three most recent ones from this month which are it is Andrew Hallinan, Matthew Hill and Jeff Angevine. Thank you so much for supporting the Patreon, especially in a time such as this, as we we seem to be getting deeper and deeper into the woods before we're seeing even a glimpse of light. But we are getting there. It's yeah, it's continues to be strange days, folks. Dublin, uh, Dublin is still on lockdown. I am back in Wicklow at the moment, but we were able to come from other counties uh, to come up for work. So I'm very grateful to be able to come in to the studio, to the Headstuff Podcast Network studios, which is adhering to all guidelines and restrictions. We're, we're cleaning our mic covers. We, we've a lovely big basket of clean mic covers and used mic covers, which we're changing in between our sessions and wiping everything down. And it's very... We're just getting on with it, you know, and it's great. It's great to have this podcast when so much work has been taken off from so many artists, myself included. I'm now having work, work that was postponed in 2020 to 2021, which has now been postponed to 2022. So things are getting further and further away, but there also is a lot coming and a lot that I've been able to work away on and take away myself. I've I've been creating some some work I'm very excited about and yes there's I've been 
building up things in the pipeline, but there is great stuff from Head Stuff coming and from Fireside and something that's going to make Fireside much more real as well. So all of that is to come. So the Patreon model is there as an egalitarian model of sign kindness if you want to but that is totally up to yourselves it's not going to stop me recording the podcast one way or the other if you want to contact me and you're not on social media please do so at thefiresidebard at gmail.com so this episode this is possibly the last folktale I'll be able to get for a while from uh, Folktales of Ireland by Sean of Suluan collected from the UCD Folklore Commission I'd say I got about, in the first going through, of the first maybe 30 podcasts or first 15 folk tales, I'd say a good portion of them came from this book, which was compounded by the Irish Folklore Commission. It was a very rare find. It was a very expensive book to find, but it proved an invaluable source. The The stories are also con- contained in it in isolation. Sometimes they're only a paragraph long. Sometimes they're the length of a chapter in a novel. And that has presented its own challenges. Sometimes they've needed beefing up. Sometimes they've needed condensing. Every so often, as we had with Sean Abanoiga a few weeks ago, they require splitting into two parts. This is comes from the very near the end of the book. It, I say plenty on this podcast that there's nothing I love more than a good title because when I'm sifting through reams and reams of, of folktales, sometimes they can all blend and sometimes you're just looking for a title to really grab you. There's nothing worse when you have a great title that that doesn't rear a good story. But this fortunately was a case of the former where this was a great title that had a great little tale in it. It was one of those stories that uh, was nearly too short for an episode, but I just liked it too much. I thought that there was everything in it that makes a good story, particularly a good folk tale and a good Irish tale. So... We went with it, and I hope you enjoy it. We'll chat a bit more after. But this is the story of the cow that ate the piper on Fireside. The cow that ate the piper. Once there were three spalpeens walking down the road in the winter's frost. What's a spalpeen, you ask? Well, I asked myself the same question. A spalpeen is a divil, a blackguard, a right latchico. In other words, a rascal. Charming, mischievous, but ultimately untrustworthy. And typically, they do travel in pods. So these three spalpeens were walking along the road seeking lodgings for the night when they came across a piper. Musicians and rascals get on well because, well, most musicians are rascals themselves. Well, men said the piper. Do you mind if I join you for a night's divilment? The spalpeens agreed. The more the merrier, they thought. So the piper shouldered his pipes and off they went on down the road. Before long, they came across a dead body, frozen to the side of the road. The piper had no shoes on his feet, no doubt from sessioning or gambling them away. So upon seeing the body, the piper said to the others, have one of ye an axe? Whatever for? I need a pair of shoes, and this chap won't be needing his any more. So where does the axe come in? Well, there'll be no getting them off his feet in this cold. Not one spalpeen could argue with that. 
An axe was produced, and the piper hacked off both feet with a ferocity more ruthless than a musician looking for a gig. Soon the quartet found lodgings for the night. They were invited into a cottage and sat by the fireside. Also in the cottage was a servant girl and three rather large cows. Would they not be better off outside? asked Aspalpine. They have more right to be inside than you, you rascal, replied the girl defensively. They contribute to the farm. You're just looking for a free meal and a bed. Besides, the frost would kill them. With each man firmly put in his place, the servant girl went to bed. The piper then produced the hacked-off dead man's feet. He lay them by the fire until they were thawed enough to pull each foot from their respective boot. The cold, dead feet were then thrown over to the cows. Each cow had a sniff and then mooed in disgust. With his new shoes, which fit like a charm, I might add, this piper had the best of worst luck. The piper then slipped off into the night, while the three spalpeens and the household slept. When the servant girl came down for breakfast the next morning, she was confused. Weren't there four of you here last night? The three men counted each other before realising the piper was missing. There were? And where did the other one go? And in a rare moment of spontaneous glory, Aspalpine pointed towards the dead man's feet and said, Your cow must have eaten him! The girl screamed, and the three men feigned horror at the supposed devouring of their dear, dear friend. The cow mooed blissfully, unaware that she was being framed. The girl's scream had awoken her master, who barreled down the stairs. What is all this noise for? The, the cow, the cow ate one of our guests, said the girl. This was the last thing the master of the house needed. Hospitality was a cherished and sacred custom, and he supposed being eaten by a cow was far and away from hospitality. What did your friend do? He was a piper. Oh, thank God he wasn't a harper, said the master in relief. Then he looked at his accused cows. Where is the cow that ate the piper? The girl pointed at the thawed-out feet before the middle cow. How do you go from eaten grass to human flesh? And a musician's flesh, no less. You'd think they'd be so gamey. Well, that's the last time I let any of ye stay in the house. He turned to the three spalpeens. As for you three gentlemen, here's five pounds each to forget what happened here. Agreed? The spalpeens attempted to hide their disgust, thanked the master of the house, and were on their way. Further on down the road, they encountered the piper, laughing his new boots off. I'll be expecting a cut from each of you, said the piper. We have to do this again said one of the rascals. We need to find more dead men's feet. And down the road they went, in search of corpses and houses with cows. And if they were ever caught, well, I never heard of it. And the lesson is, 
If you ever hear of a cow that ate a piper, maybe there's more to it than meets the eye. Maybe that cow was framed and the piper still lives to play and rove another day. The End Folks, as you all know, Fireside is a proud son of the Headstuff Podcast Network, which is Ireland's largest network of independent podcasts and a loving home for the creative and indeed the curious. There are so many other podcasts I could recommend to you on the network, some of which inspired me to approach Headstuff myself. Here's a taste of one you might enjoy. Okay, it's Jibs here from the Pints of Malt. So our podcast is basically group of Irish Nigerian lads who tell their stories growing up in Ireland as well as Nigeria and we share our experiences with all of y'all. We also add a bit of comedy as well, you know, to get y'all laughing, get y'all through the week in these tough times that we are in. So y'all sit back and just, you know, enjoy the show. As Jib said, we're the Prince of Mott Podcast. You can find us on all streaming platforms, including the Headstuff Network. And that is the story of the cow that ate the piper on Fireside. An absolutely delightful little tale, I have to say. Take an old sup in there. Yeah, I'm really starting to feel the uh, the change of the seasons now. Regular listeners of this podcast will know that I have all sorts of allergies and sinus issues. Disastrous, particularly when you work in the medium of audio. I have to come into studios to record and I'm in a bit of a catch-22 usually where usually I have my my health things fairly under wraps, you know, take my inhaler, take my antihistamines and usually it's fairly good. But uh, as the seasons change and we start to get a bit colder, it starts to flare up a little bit more. So I found myself in a difficult position where I try not to take any decongestants because they can quite dry you out and then you lose your voice quite easily. So I've had to take uh, decongestants in the last couple of days and I'm feeling it in the throat. Uh, So I'm probably sounding a little bit more gargly and a bit more throaty. It gives gives you a little bit of uh, added bass for a while before this starts happening and you start just sounding laryngitis-y but not sounding too bad so far. And luckily it was a nice shorter tale. Yeah, so usually this tale possibly would have been too short, although in the end I think it ran at a decent enough time. While it probably was one of the, the shortest of episodes. This might this might be the shortest episode of Fireside. We shall see. But it's yeah, it just had it had the three acts, it had a limited characters, it was funny. Uh this is just one I feel you could crack out like this is like a fireside tamagotchi you know that you could just roll this one out this great one to have um i've been over the over the last while particularly i've been trying to develop more ways to mix mix music in with the stories you know particularly in the live shows i love that's what i try and do in my own original work is kind of weave the folklore and the irish folk music in with more original original tales and I love when that line between music and song and spoken word blurs and it just becomes one one consistent piece you know and so you keep an eye out for stories of course naturally stories that feature musicians particularly that obviously will lend themselves 
But this is such a lovely story that you feel like I have already have so many different trad folk tunes that I think are trad, traditional Irish tunes that could go with this uh, that I can play on the whistle or the mandolin or whatever. So this feels like one that could uh, go into a live show that could be developed into a lovely, lovely little piece. Uh, yes, we have this wonderful phrase at the beginning and throughout it, which I which I did to death in it because I loved it so much, which is spalpeen, spalpeen, spalpeen. If you, uh, depending on if you want to go east or west of Ireland, yeah, it's not a phrase I had ever heard of before, and uh, was not able to find a huge out huge amount out about it so I'm very interested if uh, now like if you if you google it like I just googled it there like it has a google dictionary definition you know it is a word in in English you know it's spelled S-P-A-L-P-E-E-N although it was no doubt spelled S-P-A-L-P-I father N Oscar and uh, if you just uh, look it up, if you type in spalpeen, you'll get spalpeen, plural noun, spalpeens, a rascal. So it is just one of these many, many words. I'm reading an incredible book at the moment. I can't remember if I mentioned it last week. It's very, I've been recording the podcast very early these last couple of weeks and um, try to beat the traffic coming in and so I can get back home earlier as well. And it just feels like there was those that time during a Christmas carol when I was recording the podcast quite late and it was like I was doing a drive drive home midnight radio show. And now it's like I'm doing a breakfast show where the coffee is is hooked up to my life support. But I'm reading a book at the moment by a, an Irish Irish writer performer named Moncom McGon, which is simultaneously the most Irish and greatest Irish name I've ever heard. Moncon has a no translation in English. It comes, they think, from a little monk. Although listeners to this uh, podcast will know that it also sounds quite like Mongon, which was the uh, hairy baby king offspring of Manon and MacLear. And uh, there's a theory that Mongon might come from his name as well. But Mongon Magon's book is called 32 Words for Field, which... Uh, I discovered through curating the Mother Folklore Twitter account last week, which was incredible, did nearly kill me, um, trying to do in tweet form the four cycles of Irish mythology over the week, but I'm delighted I did. I'm hugely grateful to Brian and Derek for letting me do that and hope that I can go on the show with them soon. But uh, I discovered because uh, Moncom McGon was a guest on Mother Folklore last week or the week before last, by the time this comes out, check it out. I think it's like episode 144 where he talks about this book uh, and it's basically about how there are 32 words in the Irish language for field and, you know, like more than 20 for stone and all of these various different, like I had known that there was about 23 words for seaweed and it's all words that were necessary for the people and for the culture of the island in the 1,000 years that Irish was spoken orally before it was ever written down and how languages develop, how they are necessary, and just what we risk losing, what we what we might have already lost and what we risk losing further, uh, the more the Irish language goes. So, for example, I just found out recently, uh, Berla, Irish listeners will know that, but for any anyone outside, Berla is uh, 
how we would say English, the English language um, in Irish. So Gaelga is Irish, not Gaelic, as a lot of people would say. Gaelga is a Gaelic language, but that's a bit more of a broader term. Gaelga is the, or just Irish. But Berla is, uh, in its original form, just meant language, kind of like an other language. And over the years the Irish language developed different words for other languages. So like Frankish for French, Garmanish for, for German, or apologies if I'm uh, mispronouncing any of these. Very hard and Gelgors out there. But the point is we have different words for different languages, but English never got, because Sasana is, is how you would say England. Um, a recent... A recent theory for uh, what uh, Brexit would be, Oscalga uh, is Sasamak, which would literally be like England out, which I think is wonderful as well. And so, yeah, we never, we never gave, we never developed another word for the for the English language for English in Irish other than Berla, which literally just does mean language. What I love about that is that Berla, it then implies, is a derogatory word for the English language, which was the language that was forced upon the Irish and our language was outlawed and taken away from us. And I appreciate the complexity of it. I'm hugely grateful to speak English because of the... Uh, uh, because of how much I adore media and how much the world, uh, how much Western media does uh, automatically come in English. And I am grateful for that while lamenting the loss of the language as well. And that's why you have particularly Irish people look at the Scandinavian countries for a lot of inspiration because the Scandinavian countries have risen to the world stage, holding on to their national languages um, while speaking better English than a lot of people in English-speaking countries, um, which I spoke to a couple of Scandinavian people on tours, walking tours and pub crawls over the years, and they say it's because they don't dub uh, films in Scandinavia or they don't subtitle them, you know, so if they want to enjoy the media that we enjoy so easily, they just have to learn the language which I adore, and I'm like, fair play, fair play to any Scandinavians. But to cut a long story boring, so we have all these different words and these different meanings, so these 23 words for seaweed, 32 words for field. I think we must have about 30 words for rascal, Oscarilga as well, uh, ranging from anglicised versions of devil. We would never say he's a devil, we'd say he's a divil, like with an eye. Uh, Lachico was one I got from my good friend Andreas de Stack, the name of his band. He directed my show Cassowary last year. Lachico is a real West of Ireland term for, uh, you know, a, a rascal, someone who's gone nowhere in life. And now we add Spalpeen to that, to that dialect. So listeners out there, Spalpeen listeners of Fireside, if you have ever been called a Spalpeen or you had a parent or grandparent who used to use this word, please let me know because it is a wonderful word. I would love it to start entering a more naturalised lexicon once again, particularly with myself. And I want to know, have you ever been called a Spalpeen or called someone else's Spalpeen? So we have these three boys. They meet up with this piper. And it, yeah, it has... What makes this uniquely Irish is, well, you've got a bunch of rascals, musician, cold night, there's cows inside the house, 
you know, it's the rural landscape. There's there's a lot that seems almost cliche there about it or stereotypical. Then you just have this wonderfully morbid footnote, being the opportune term, of the fact that he hacks off a dead man's feet, a man who's frozen to death at the side of the road, and the music, the shoeless, impoverished shoeless musician hacks both his feet off to wear shoes and thaws himself, and then frames a poor cow who possibly was put to death afterwards. You don't know, did the cow stand, stand trial? Was the cow hanged? And so this this gives a wonderfully black humour and a very morbid humour to it, while it's still being quite a light tale. And those are all the elements that, that come together and I feel make this a tale quite Irish in spirit, not in just setting and theme and, and what's involved. So it's all of these all of these factors that make this such a such a good story as short and contained as it is. And it's just tight. You know, it's watertight. It's clear as water. Uh, just a good story. Not much more to be said about it. So I might wrap things up there now. Shorter episode today, although not too short now. We still... Uh, and uh, I say regularly as well that when I'm adapting these folk tales, I... What I like to do is just read them over once or twice and then like put the book away and just write my version of it try to, to try and make it my own. And uh, this is definitely one of those stories I only really had to read twice. And then my own flavor and own element came to it in the adaptation. And, oh God, what was I going to say? Gone from me. Not important. Oh yes, that was it. And uh, I often find that comes through in the recording as well if the if I've successfully made the story my own and have the story in my own voice, I find the recording is easier because I don't make as many mistakes when I'm reading from the script. And that, of course, makes the editing process easier on my beloved editor, Jamie. And so this was a story that, yeah, didn't seem, didn't have too many mistakes going through, flowed quite nicely, all ties together for Top Tale. I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know what you think. Follow me on Instagram at Fireside Bard. Give me a message. If you're not on social media, thefiresidebard at gmail.com. Uh, please do support the Patreon if you can, if you want to. It's there. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Fireside Podcast. Thank you so much to Alan, Patty, and Connor, everyone here at Headstuff. It's great to continue. Coming into the studio, it was great to have my home studio set up and to know that I can do that at any time I need to. But there's nothing like being able to come into the beautiful surroundings of the Headstuff Podcast Network here in Dublin. As Dublin continues to be on lockdown, hopefully that'll be lifting. People can and that the pubs can start open like they have in the rest of the country now. I've had my first non I've had my first pint without a substantial meal first pint again of the season it was marvellous and I hope that Dublin can join the other 25 counties of the Republic of Ireland very soon and that we can uh, not have any more lockdowns if at all possible I know it's going to be a slow climb still but maybe if we can stop taking steps in the wrong direction wipe shit down wash your hands wear your masks that's my PSA listen to Fireside I'll see you all you'll hear me all next time and remember Wherever you are and wherever you go, you can always join me by the fireside. 
This podcast is part of the Headstuff Podcast Network.